Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Shout out to everybody who came out to Oakland. It was a whole situation. Also, want to let you know if you have not bought your tickets for Smart, Funny, and Black in LA, March 20th, you need to get it together. We'll also be on May 9th in Boston. We've never brought Smart, Funny, and Black to Boston. Never. Partially because it's racist, but there's a lot of black people that live right outside of Boston Common, and they will come. They will come. So come on, come on down. Come on down. And I want to make sure that everybody knows go to smartfunnyandblack.com for that. We are about to step into Women's History Month, so shout out to all my ladies. And if you have not bought Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use on Audible, then you're playing yourself because all the vibes that we got right here are in the Audible book. Why? Because our engineer, Brendan, produced it yes and I made that happen because I knew y'all would want that to happen and so it went down like four flat tires so shout out to everyone who's bought the audible and the book because you are a special kind of fan let's get into the show It's so funky. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. Now, you know, last episode was very heavy. I was talking about side effects of being an empath. I cried, I laughed, but only for a short amount of time. Um, and I feel like a lot of people really connected with this episode due to my DMs. It looks like people really learned a lot and connected, and that was really dope. But I wanted to loosen things up. And what better way to loosen things up than with today's guest, the natural hairstylist extraordinaire and maverick, I should say, as well as founder of New York natural hair staple salon and brand, Hair Rules, Mr. Anthony Dickey. Does your grandfather know? <laughs> People I like. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm dealing with one of the most ridiculous humans known to man right here. Dickey and I connect because we are both somehow oddly silly and serious. Very serious. But very silly. In like extreme, intense amounts. It's the amount of thoughts and sentences that we try to put together that don't always match up. So you take your time and it's just like, but guess what? This, this, because there's so much. There's so much. And that's At what we're At least you have an education, I don't. <laughs> so that's how we work well together. Because I'm like, that's it! That's it! <laughs> Spelled D-A-S-S-I-T. That's it. Mm -hmm. So I met Dickie when I was shooting the pilot for a show called Hip Hop POV on MTV. The executive producer was Tiffany Leah Williams. You did not scare me, by the way. Wait, you scared me. And I will tell you the story. Yes, you're a presence. Oh, my God. We go into Hair Rules Salon. Dickie comes over. Dickie's like, hello, hello, hello. I've never been a salon girl. 
I've never been like into hair. So it was very like, oh my God, I don't even know how to like carry myself in here. So Dickie, what he does when he does a consultation, he sits you in front of the mirror, he puts his hands in your hair, he talks to you, he rubs your scalp, he asks you questions. He very much like makes you feel comfortable about not only where you are, but about like his knowledge. And he wants to understand like what you know about your hair, about taking care of your hair, etc. So, you know, I knew nothing. So in that moment, I felt very like, ooh, I don't, I'm like embarrassed. So Tiki is also very good at like, you know what? But we got you. This is a safe space. All the people in here are capable. And we got you. He quickly told me what we're going to do is, I had like blonde highlights and he was like, this won't do. We're going to give you a blonde halo around your crown to lighten you up, to lighten your energy up, which is slightly offensive. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll take it. But I'll take it. Then he said, we're going to give you low lights and highlights. I didn't even know there was a gradient. Mm. Okay. So, Kateria, get to it. Mm. So, Kateria sets forth on this journey with me. So, what happens is you get your color. Then you go sit in Dickie's chair and he gives you a cut. Now, again, I am very, like, not savvy about this process. So, I'm not used to my hair being cut or being dealt with, etc. So my hair has like split ends, things going on. Dickie cuts my hair. And when I turn around, I have a very small afro. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> but that's what you saw. That's what I saw. That's what you saw. I cry. Now, you should also know that I have a history for, for crying at hairdressers. <laughs> Uh -huh. thanks for telling me. <laughs> so my mother went through this when she took me to get my first haircut in 10th grade. And I said I wanted like an A-line like, like to my shoulders. Okay, A-line. It was a move. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but she cut it to my chin. And it was like, that's not what I asked for. Right. And driving home, like I was crying about it and complaining about it so much that at a red light, my mom turned to me and said, I will drive into this lake. <laughs> And I said, do it. Because um, at that point, my hair was so bad. It's like, whatever. I got to go to school on Monday. Right, or right. I could just do die it. in this lake. Do it. <laughs> do it. Smart ass. So I just remember feeling so panicked. I hated you. Mm. I was like, I love when women share. Butcher. After the fact. Yes. Because these are not things that are shared with me in the chair. Never. I get that. Because we, You know why we don't share them from you? Because we respect you, we fear you, but we respect you. And it's your shop. It's You know what I mean? Like It's intimidating. And also, I was there for work. Yeah. Uh, Remember, yeah. like, mm -hmm. Tiffany had brought me there, like, as a makeover before we did the show. So I felt like I was being ungrateful to not mm. be, like, mm -hmm. happy. Yeah. But I, I went in the stairwell and I cried. I went in the stairwell. They have, like, a stairs up to the... And I was like... <laughs> and then I took a cab to Harlem. So, my hair started to grow out, though. And then you were assigned. So, then the show got picked up five months later, and you were the hairstylist on the show. Don't remember. I remember that. Don't remember your account just now. Okay. Interesting. Well, I don't what we. What we remember, what we choose to remember. Right. Well, right? at that time, though, I was just coming, like, I was just a face coming through. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, whatever. So I could totally see that. But for, whereas for me, it's like, 
oh my God, I'm going to get my hair done right. with Dickie and hair rolls. It's a whole thing. So when we get to MTV, you were the stylist. You had um, another stylist whose name will not be mentioned. And good. And you all were working with us on the day to day. And I just started to get more comfortable because you gave me knowledge about my hair. And me being the, 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 just like me being the nigga that I am, mm-hmm. my comfort level lies in information. Like, and right. consistency. Those are the two things that make me feel comfortable. Information and consistency. And you just, like, made me know more about my hair, about what, what it can do, mm-hmm. about this whole, like, natural hair thing. And I think that women really, like, because your clients are not people that just, like, come to your shop. Like, you have people that show up, and you have people that, like, have grown up at your shop. Yeah. I have grown up at Hair Rules because that was 2012. That's why you act like that when you come there? Yes. Okay. No, it I, I totally makes sense now. You know, men, dark, we're real basic, so you don't take us down the rabbit hole, but it's funny you find these things out afterwards. It's like, why is she acting like that? How am like, I acting? Now you know. Like, you uh, you are really comfortable in the place. And she's <laughs> jumping around. And she's making other people nervous. She's not me, but I'm like, leave her alone. I'm so comfortable. I'm, I'm comfortable at my house. with her being the way she is. <laughs> Thank right? You. But half of it is listening. And I'm I'm that nigga. <laughs> Tell him. I will fight you if you fuck my hair up. I don't want no problems. So I know how far to go, but I know that 90% of it is listening and people just want to be heard. And if you're not, and if they don't feel like they're being heard, not only are they not going to trust you, but you're not going to really get the right information because... They'll, they'll lie. You, right. And hairdressers are known for, lie, for lying. It's a very gimmick-driven <laughs> industry, which is why when you go to hair shows, half of that shit that you see at a hair show, ain't no client going to ever walk out there out, out of the salon looking like that. No. So hairdressers, because their lack of knowledge in half of the textures uh, within the texture spectrum, they weren't given any information on so the the, the t- even the term kinky or curly there's no mention of the word kinky or curly in any textbook across the globe for any hairstylist who wanted to go to school to get a license to do hair your texture's not mentioned that's gonna cause some problems yeah so hairdressers love to lie and say they can do some shit when in fact all you're doing is just being dishonest and she's not, even if you don't know, remember Tupperware and Mary Kay? Yes. All you got to do is tell it, just take your client by the hand about, about what you don't know. Yes. And, 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 and have a Q&A. Have a, have, a, have, a hair, have a natural hair meetup and talk about your hair. That's why they were so huge back in um, the uh, early 2000s, yes. natural hair meetups, because women had yep. found the World Wide Web. Not the industry of professionals, because the consumer is much smarter than the professional. No, mm. professionals yeah. know what they know, what they know, and they're the baddest at it. And they, <laughs> they and they make the they've they've made a lot of money off of using your hair as an anchor for other hairstyles and or yes chemicals that you you did you had you know that whole term I go get my hair did that's, that's a, a fucked, fucked up, up term. term yeah it just means that 
You went and got your hair did. Nobody talked to you about it. Now, 30 years later, you can't figure out why you don't have your any edges? hair. And you went through menopause. Ah. So you, you weren't even able to see how your health or your age did some changes because of this thing that popped up every four to six weeks. And you were like, you told you thought it was bad or ugly. So there's just this whole th- um, experience or lack thereof or myths and mockeries surrounding women and their natural hair texture that cause women to walk in the salon and want to um, want someone to give them information. Yes. Right. Out in L.A., I'm here in LA now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to doing give, it kind of and natural creating. hair out here is, is not like it is in New York or DC. It's interesting because you know I I hate to use the word um, transplant or 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 migration. Black folks fled the South and came Fair. to 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 LA. Yes. So black people here, they don't get relaxers. They can do some country ass presses though. Yes. But so there's a lot of natural ass hair. Press is what. Fucked me up. Remember that? Yes. So. <laughs> As I'm looking at your hair preserved in its beautiful self, because you was, you was like, no, you can't do that to my hair. Literally, I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. And I had just gotten my hair colored. And it was the first time that I had someone else color my hair outside of hair rules since I started going to your salon. So, but they were referred by you. So I was right. like, fine. But I did a show the next day. And the girl who did my hair... She pressed my hair to the gods. To the gods. But because I had just gotten it colored, right. I didn't realize that the two can be right. a lethal combination. Mm-hmm. And the next week, I did a photo shoot. And typically, I just like cough and my hair curls. <laughs> Okay, so like I got to the I got to the photo shoot and just like sprayed some water on my hair. Like, okay, it's time to get right. And my hair looked at me like, "Bish, where swing low, (laughs) swing chariot." And it was like genuinely like you know when cancer patients lose their hair, they talk about how jarring it is. You know, alopecia patients like they talk about how much it hurts and. If you've never gone through that, it's hard to mm-hmm. truly understand like what it is because it's, it feels like it's hair, it's superficial. I did not lose my hair, but even just losing my curl like depressed the shit out of right. me. Because you're used to seeing yourself a certain way, and now it's just not, and it's not by your choice. And I called Dickie in a fucking panic. Like, Are you oh a my little teary-eyed? I think you were a little teary-eyed. No, I definitely was teary-eyed. And I was crying. I was like, I don't know what to do. And you were like, come to come to New York. I booked a flight that weekend, came to New York, and we gave it some zhuzh, but you were like, it, you're going to have to grow your curl back out. Right. And we were doing like, I was doing um, apple cider vinegar, but it took a year to, blow, to get back. my, it's back. Yeah. And now I'm growing my blonde out so I can let my hair get to like a full, mm-hmm natural organic base before i color it again because it just hasn't been there since i was 30 well and you also you do you're in uh and you're in tv now and so my hair is getting so dealt with yeah and also you, the a lot of the styles that you wear are protective styles so you don't have to beat it up anymore what do you mean they're protective styles because well, when you a slick back that's a protective style it is 
Really? Yeah, because your your particularly for your hair, you don't because I don't curious. have to put heat on it, right? And they're great ponytails, they're great braids. Um, oh, I see what you you're don't saying. Leave yes. them long. No, I wash my hair every night. Exactly, and so those are those are those are styles that don't require you to have to like i mean i don't know if you remember but there were just some several years ago when um black folks were coming up in the, in in, uh, in hollywood were just coming up just a few years ago yeah just a few years right? ago where you were either you were you had to wear straight hair you had to yeah. wear a weave or have straight hair i was um, told when i got on mtv a friend of mine who you know you get bad advice from good people sometimes but he was like now that you're on TV, right. you need to wear your hair straight. Yeah, yeah. And that's some bullshit. And we know that that doesn't really sell. It was all bullshit. And now you were left bald-headed. And that's <laughs> fucked up because, because who knew? I mean, I don't. and also, I don't know if you remember, the standard of beauty was not yours a few years ago. I went through an entire industry, fashion and beauty industry, and my life where... The standard of beauty was blonde hair and blue eyes. It was Christy Brinkley. Yes. And it was beautiful, but it was fucking boring. (laughs) And it's like, and you knew, particularly moving to New York from the West Coast, and you know, no disrespect, but I'm from Seattle. And our idea, I moved from Seattle to Arizona to San Francisco and then to New York in 89. And it wasn't until I got to New York in 89, I was like, oh, shit. But prior to getting to New York, I was like, there are black people, there are white people, there are Mexicans, and there are Asians. But, uh, and that uh, was diversion. Right. That was the diversity. diversity. Diversion. <laughs> that was that diversion. Was diversion. It was diversion. Yeah. Because I had no I fucking deal what the hell diversity was. And then I got to New York and I was like, oh, shit, black people are from the islands. Why did this black man say, Red man? <laughs> I'm proud. I knew exactly what he was talking about. How come this, how come this, this brother is, is speaking French? Right. How come, what, Haitian? Dominicans. Dominicans? Until I'm you not go to Spanish. New York? Quit asking me if I speak, I'm quit talking <laughs> Spanish to me because I don't speak <laughs> Spanish. And, and, and Dominicans are not Mexicans. No. They're Dominicans. And they're not Puerto Ricans. And they're not Puerto Ricans. And Hondurans and Irish people are Irish people. They are not Italian and Jewish people are not white people. <laughs> Correct. Unless they decide to say they so are. So how in the say you're also Jewish. how in the hell are you going to tell me <laughs> at a glance I look like a white man? No, come on. I've been told. If you didn't know, I've been told by a bunch of black folks who didn't know me and I walked in a room and said some shit about a nigga. And they looked at me like, we will fuck you up. And I looked at you like, you'll do what? Yeah, but you're. And there, no, but I'm saying. Your essence you're, no, there is an essence exactly as soon as I open my mouth. But. Not even. Point your is, essence. Just like how recently I met a white man whose essence screamed, like, are you a white man? Like, it was like. Right. But New the York point is, is when it comes to texture, how are you going to tell the people where. There is you've been relegating people, relegated people to to shop down the ethnic aisle or the non-ethnic aisle for your their entire lives, and then to sell and like, well, what was the Mexican aisle? Where's the Asian aisle? I mean, hair texture. How do you tell me that I, I I identify as a black man? So 
my hair is not straight. I look like a white man at, a, at by glance. Right. And what I'm saying is that, you know, ethnicity, particularly when you go to the Caribbean, and oh. you have Indi- you have you see my dark skinned black people different than my that are straight and wavy. Yeah. So ethnicity does not define texture. Say it again. Ethnicity. Your hair texture is not defined by your ethnicity. So the whole concept of oh I got Indian in my family mm-hmm. is irrelevant. And you might, <laughs> but you might not. So what is it defined by? It's defined by the fucking hair that grows out of your head. I don't fucking know. I mean, there's as many shades of a people as we are, as as many hair textures as there are. And some people have four in on one head. There's absolutely, You know that there's like three textures on my head. Yes. So tell me this, though. How do you feel about the 4C, 2B, like that whole system? I love it. Some people don't subscribe to it. I love it because the women, we the people, found their voice on the internet through sharing stories. Remember those stories that weren't told in Hollywood? Mm -hmm. Well, they started to be told on the internet, the World Wide Web, on chat rooms, where women were like, you know what, girl? My hair texture ain't ugly. You know what, girl? Right. You know what he told me about my hair texture? He told me my shit was bad and ugly. And I, you know what? My shit is good, girl. And so there was those stories where women started to share their experiences at the beginning of the natural hair movement because I think it started with... uh, I think it started with the takeover of... in the uh, mid to late 90s with the takeover of... um, Remember all the supermodels where there were... Every supermodel was on... Every cover of every magazine, and then the late nineties, they started to be replaced by celebrities. Yes, right. It used and you to be could, Chrissy Turlington and Naomi was in July because they could uh, they could afford to put the lowest selling month with a black girl, <laughs> right? And so that's how it was. And all of a sudden, you realize that movie houses could get more bang for their buck. Record labels could get more bang for their buck for their artists by being put on the cover of a magazine yes. and being featured, and the ins the, and and now we can dive into the into into the life of a celebrity, mm-hmm. and you can't dictate how Erica Baidu comes to the table looking or Jill Scott, right? And there and there's there's some natural neo soul bitches, right? And that there's some men is not and an SBs there, right? That is just not. They're, they're, they're selling units. Yeah. That was still when people were going platinum and... Exactly. It was a thing. that They're selling units and magazines realize, realize that they could sell two... I can keep up my 2.4 million uh, subscribers monthly by putting them because no one wants to see this model again for the last 10 years. Um, speckled in there was Naomi, Tyra, and occasional, you know... Model, but anyways, but I think when black women that. started to see more uh, images of themselves that yes. expanded because of magazines. Now we look and like it's too late because they're all going under because no one buys buys magazines. But we're all over them now. <laughs> we got in right before they got out. Because mm-hmm. I mean, when I was coming up, like you're sitting next to a picture of me and my brother and me when I was 12, and I'm looking at my hair, and I remember the hairstylist there just being like, she's. She was a lovely person, but I feel like she was always just like, I don't know what to do with your hair. Right. And I was just like a little black girl with natural hair. And it was always a conversation about what to do with my hair. Because my mom was like, what you're not going to do is part it 
six different ways <laughs> and just put bobbles on the end and call right. it a day. Like You're going to do her hair. You're going to do her hair. Right. And so my mom would have to show her, like, put a braid across the front. You know, like. Can I ask you how long you stayed in the beauty shop as a kid? Never. Oh, you didn't? No, my mom. So my mom has hair like an Indian woman. Yeah. So my mom's hair used to be down to her ass. She used to have long, like, gorgeous, gorgeous hair. And when she had me, it was like, it's either going to be her or the hair. Like, I can't keep both. Right. So she cut it off. And she's kept a bob. She's kept like a. It's pretty short. An eighties like pantsuit bob, for a long time. She looks like a nineties black woman lawyer on right. a TV sitcom. So, she's like really kept that aesthetic for this whole time. And so with me though, my hair was very different than her hair. Right. So she didn't really know like what to do with my hair for a long time, either in terms of how to like care for it because I of course. I'm surrounded by girls with perms. Right. And she's like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting a perm in your hair. Right. But I also don't know what to do with the fact that the front of your hair is your father. Unruly and not willing to communicate. Oh, the front of your hair. You have to get the front of my hair right. It's the same. It's the same length as the rest of the hair, but it's really, it looks like it's only two inches longer. Yes, but it's coarse. <laughs> two inches shorter. And you had to texturize it for a couple of years. Now it... <clears throat> keratin. We use keratin on the edges. Now it works. Now it cooperates. It totally does. Yeah. No, because you've, you've changed. <laughs> You're not that little girl I once knew. <laughs> <laughs> But it wasn't until I started going to you at like literally 31, 32 Mm -hmm. that I learned about what is unique about my hair and like learned about like our hair needs to, we need to put water on our hair. Moisture. Talk about that. Because you've always talked about black women being afraid of moisture on their hair. Well, come on. It's like, it's, it's 400 years of reconditioning and water is a source of hydration like I don't have much of an education, but I do. Re- I do remember in the sixth grade in science class about H two O. Water is a source of hydration, cleanliness. Imagine if the scalp on your head. Imagine if the rest of the skin on your body was neglected, like the scalp on your. Huh. Mm, I never thought of it that way. Poom poom. <laughs> Stanky. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. You're right. Why your skin is the largest organ on your body? Is your scalp not skin? You teach it right now. Right? Your scalp also produces oil. Mm. So why are you greasing your scalp? Because it's dry. Because I mean, every black woman knows that they got their hair done once a week as a little girl. And uh, if wash you got, day was if a you, whole right. And if you got your hair wet, you got the evil eye. Yes, right. Because I you get your hair wet, and so historically, women of color have been relegated to styles that kept them away from water and got them from shampoo to shampoo. Yeah. Right. And the natural hair. This is not the first natural hair movement. The first natural hair movement was what in the seventies, right? Mm. And that was more out of a struggle for civil rights, and it had less. It uh huh. It had less to do about vanity and more to do about pride and like how in the enormity of one's afro, right? And though and nobody had a lopsided or pressed, smashed up afro. It was that and and an afro 
in fact, is a protective style because your strands are kept stretched out constantly. And the, 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 the enthusiasm with one's pick or cake cutter back in the day, they, you know, they, 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 aband- they abolished them in school because they thought we wanted to use them as weapons. <laughs> no, bitch, I'm, my hair it needs to be larger. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I need to pick the strands out. And that's the real ideal. So the natural, the new, the, and you can, some might argue through affirmative action, right? That right. people of color, women particularly, could, you know, move into uh, corporate America in the 80s. Yes, of course. And that was the first time we started hearing terms like hair loss and no edges. And because was, relaxers there we go. became much more convenient and no woman who is now not only has gotten this education and is a wife has kids is going out now into corporate america right Mm -hmm. is going to risk a sunday press and 60 percent chance of rain and walk in these white people's job and have their hair jacked up because there was some type of and you know back back prior to the, prior to the 80s, there was black black women or black people were not trying to conform to an identity. They were there was there was a pride to your afro and how you looked and right and you you pressed your or you straightened your hair for a per, for a particular occasion. It wasn't to conform to an identity. You did it because black people are actually some of the most conservative folk on the planet. Well, we have no choice, right? And so for a special occasion or church, you got your hair pressed. Absolutely. But nobody had heat-damaged afros back in the day. And now with this new natural hair movement, because there are generations and or women who forgot about what care to the hair was, you hear all of these women on the internet, oh, girl, I don't use heat. Don't use heat on my hair. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, you haven't figured out your natural hair texture. You're bored with it. It, you need to get a relaxer because some women are, are, are so team natural that they are willing to walk out the house looking crazy. And, and I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that, that, that you don't deserve someone to help you fall in love with your hair and help you introdu- reintroduce you to it. But natural what I'm doesn't saying, mean lack of care. No, it does not. And oftentimes... Your hair is natural does not mean you have it should you should be looking unkept unkept or uncared for and that doesn't mean that your hair texture is bad it's the most beautiful texture has the does the most my point is is that what does you, it look like when not to cut you but to mm-hmm. cut you what does it look like when it is quote unquote looking uncared for what are what are like dry unattended to and unattended to and dry hair that looks like it's been slept on is not natural hair. Do you remember that ad? There was an H&M, I think it was H&M ad earlier this year. Yes. That went, or last year, that went viral because there was a young black girl featured in this because ad. Because no one was at the table on that board. And saying, so there were a lot of people that were like, well, she just looks like a young no. girl who didn't get her hair done. And she just looks natural. Why is everyone up in arms? What was your stance on that? Her hair was hadn't been done. And it hadn't been cared for. There Let's you put go. it like that. There's a difference between hair that's undone and hair that's uncared for. Kinky hair, and I, I don't talk to women who are have a natural a four texture that have kinky hair, and I don't talk to them or use language like curly, because you don't have curly hair. And that's not to say that your kinky hair is not as beautiful as anybody who has curly hair. 
And so because other, otherwise you get back into the conversation of good hair versus bad hair. And there's no such thing as good hair, only bad weaves. Yes, only bad weaves and wigs. Yes, and bad hair care. <laughs> Um, but that's half of it is that, is that, you know, and a lot of times these now these big manufacturers that have uh, stolen a lot of terms from the natural hair community are now making products called co-wash. Co-wash is not something that you buy. It's something that you do. It's kind of like salvation. Can you explain co-wash you to me? Because right? you got to do something to be saved. No, I mean, you <laughs> can't other day, just be saved. OK, so let me tell you, I thought co-washing meant this bottle contains a shampoo and conditioner in one. Lies. Explain it. Co-washing is something you do. It's, it's let's break up the term. Um, co. Oh, co-wash. okay. Co-wash. What is co-wash? What do you think co-wash means? You wash once a week. Let's just say you wash once what a week, right? What does the right? co mean? In addition to co-wash so you co-wash your hair. You wash your hair once a week, and in between you co-wash. I thought co stood for conditioner. Oh my god! No, not at all. Oh. That's that's crazy. <laughs> You're an educated woman. No, that's what they tell you. That's what they sell you. That's where did it say that on the bottle? Where did it say that? I'll be right back. Conditioner wash. I just want to know, you brought this bottle to me. I want to know where you said, because you told me that co meant, con- was short for conditioner. And I get that. I I, I was like, okay, who, I, whatever. That's some bullshit. And so I want to know, was co short for conditioner? What did that mean to you? Because I want to know, like, for me, understanding that co-wash is a call to action, not some bullshit product you or miracle in a bottle that you buy. And that's the other thing. Remember, it's kind of the cart before the horse. All these products came out prior to education, as we spoke about in the beginning, which was no one having any idea what to do with half of the textures within the texture spectrum. But... We know that there's a Team Natural chick and she wants products, so let's throw the same. The same thing happened with her when she, because we used to not have an aisle. We had a dusty old shelf in some random drugstore with all the usual greases. Yeah. I remember yeah. it that way. The blue grease. Right? And all they jam. did and how our our aisle expanded was they were like, put the same shit in her bottle and put, call it something else. Yes. And that's all it was. Oh, now we have a shampoo for relaxed hair, for color-treated hair, for dry hair um, that suds up. This, uh, that you has were the suds. first person to teach me that I cannot use shampoo that has alcohol in it. Zero lathering, ultra-moisturizing milk cleanser. So doesn't that sound like... A shampoo conditioner? The cleanser. The cleanser. But where did that where did that description say conditioner? Cleanser. Uh, uh moisture. Say it again. I'ma say it again. Okay. Zero lather ultra moisturizing milk cleanser. Sounds like something for your face, no? Let me see that bottle. No, I just just answer the question, please. Because you're not taking me down a rabbit hole. No, but but that sounds like a... Like it sounds you know what like, I'll tell you what happened? Yes. It looks like conditioner because it's cream. And for so long, 
cr- conditioner looks like cream. Mm-hmm. Shampoo has more of a marbly text, like a marbly color mm-hmm. to it. So let me. And just you were the first person to tell, to show me like your shampoo, Amanda, can't have that. And the term sulfate free, all they did another marketing term that they stole from the natural community. Sulfate free means that every shampoo that existed before sulfate free was the same sudsing component in dishwashing liquid. And they decided when the natural community came around, they said, let's take sulfates out of shampoos. Okay. And the only two non-sudsing cream shampoos that were didn't have suds was at the time was Diva, Curl, Win, and Hair Rules was the third back in 2007. But prior to that, they everybody says sulfate-free. Sulfate-free only applies to shampoos that have suds. And all they did was replace them with a non-sulfate-free sudsing agent. And sudsing is still like putting gasoline on hair that's naturally drier. That has no oil. Great for a flat a woman with flat, straight, greasy hair. When have you seen an ad of a white woman with flat, straight, greasy hair? You haven't. All shampoos that have suds are great for her. They because make her they... flat, straight, greasy hair voluminous. Your hair grows out of your head voluminous. Mm. Duh. That's why for me, the tech, our hair rules texture spectrum, you have to show people the opposites of things so they can see why they feel this way or why they've been led to believe something. That's the only reason why I talk about, the only reason why I ever talk about race is because it's, that's, that helps you to understand you know, the standard of beauty was not yours. It was hers. And for texture, it's easy to see like, and I talk to any, any educated CEO that will sit my and it's like, well, you know, I have a corporate job, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's okay, but you hope that a woman is educated to know that, and she'll tell you, oh, of course, the standard of beauty was hers. They'll all agree, and that's a perfect place to start for me when you talk about texture, and you see that there are Asian women and white women with flat, straight, greasy hair on one end of the texture spectrum, and on the other end, it's everybody else. Look at Bex's hair. Yeah. Fair. Look at him sizing up your red hair. Two redheads. <laughs> <laughs> Two freckle-faced redheads. Same room. But everybody to the right, yeah. It's it's interesting, this whole texture paradigm. And so you started Hair Rules. I started Hair Rules. Did you start the salon first or the line first? No. You know, I wrote the book Hair Rules in 2003. And I had friends who had written books, Kevin Aquan, Kevin, uh, Stam- Sam Fine, and they were very uh, celebrity um, uh, artists. Yes. And I was a little bit of celebrity artist and more fashion. But, you know, I was like, well, you know what? I can write a book. <laughs> I was raised to have a lot of confidence, self-confidence. Um, I wrote a book as well. It's now available on Audible. <laughs> Small doses. Yes. For everyday Small doses. Use. Uh-huh. I feel like I reference you in my book. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm pretty sure. That book is at Hair Rules. Ah. And can I just give you a shout out real quick? Yes. My first art show ever mm-hmm. was at yes, Hair Rules. Yes, it was. My first art was show tight. ever. It was so dope. Yeah. Dickie opened up Hair Rules for me. And I will never, ever, ever in life forget you for that because you just didn't 
have to. And what I loved about hair well, rules. But it was good art and it was you. That art was you. good. But it was also like New York can sometimes make you forget that like, because New York is so New York. Yeah. It can feel like everything is shishi fufu. And you still manage to keep your salon space feeling like the salon spaces that are in like more rural towns where mm-hmm. it's like there's the barbershop and there's the salon. This is a community space. This That's is a- what salons are in our community, yes. right? They're mom and pop. They're mom and pop industries. But New York uh, is so not, chic. You right. can forget yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by you allowing me to do my show there, it, 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 it really like extended that. And my show was called... Warrior Girls and Heroines, and I spelled heroines H A I R O I N E S. And you know, like it was just so that's why when when you're like, why are you so comfortable here? Yeah, because I've like lived life here. Right, right, right. At your salon, but go on. Um, yeah, no, this. Uh, so I wrote the book Hair Rules, and I had bought a house at the same time, and I, you know, with not having much of an education, and very much interested in design, I thought the house was going to be. Wonderful, but the book was going to destroy me, and it was the opposite. The book was like, oh, you know, I can write a book. I'm just going to talk about what I know about. It. I'm going to tell the truth about the industry. I have a perspective from what cosmetology taught me, from what the beauty industry in New York, um, and all these beauty bibles from allure to essence to glamour. Why they were telling women lies about their hair texture or not you know the whole beauty appropriation appropriation like issue simply came because you can't call yourself a beauty bible if you don't have images or content relevant to most of your readers black chicks read allure so if why so so therein lies a problem that we have a problem with you wearing braids when in factual, we shouldn't have a problem with you wearing braids because you shouldn't have a problem with wearing our hair blonde. And we wouldn't have an issue if you didn't cultural, culturally, well, how do they, what are they, how do they use that, what are, that term? Culturally appropriate. Yeah, culturally appropriate. Culturally appropriate. And it's just, if the, if, if the, if the culture, if the beauty culture was inclusive, we wouldn't have had that conversation. Right. Because it's not. I had the Daily News call me up while I was in San Francisco at Whole Foods. I don't live there. I was there. I forget what I was there for. And the Daily News asked me about, because someone had put, made, made a petition um, on moveon.org about blues, uh, um, blues hair. And I wanted to, I was like, I, can you, let me call you back because I have some stuff in my hand. I got a coffee, blah, blah. Well, but can I said, listen, I said, at least let me call you when I have two free hands. So she finally called back and I said, excuse me. I said, here I am. So what the, what were you asking me about? Blue Ivy's hair. The baby Blue Ivy? Beyonce's baby? <laughs> And she couldn't have been more than two or three at the time. She was three. Which is a toddler. Yes. That's a baby. Like an actual That's baby. Not a, those aren't children. No. Those are babies. They're not enrolled and in And I school. said, you're asking me. So moveon.org, woman did what? Whoa. Whoa. I said, don't you think this is a little strange of you calling me up asking me about a baby's hair? If she was a little white blonde girl with straight hair, we wouldn't be having this conversation. This is weird. You don't think this is weird? You don't think that you're now in your in the daily news, we're going to now start talking about a baby's hair? That's awful. I says cuz we wouldn't I, we, we don't now we're talking about children like it just doesn't make sense. But it to, continues the narrative of like and we does. talked about this on the real. Yeah. 
of just like making black children never have the opportunity to be children. It's crazy. It's at where it starts. So, so, so you asked me about, uh, so I wrote the book and then I, I, I was good. I was like, oh my God, the book was therapy for me. The house destroyed me. I wanted to leave New York. Okay. And I didn't, I stayed and I realized I was bored and I realized that, um, I can tell some things, right? On here? Oh, yes. Okay, so... Um, so, there was this stuff. I went to my first Bonner Brothers show in Atlanta, and there was this stuff called BBD Glass Curling Cream. And these big crocodile Dundee black brothers had these with horns coming out of their chairs, and like I just thought I was amazed by them. And they had this stuff in a jar, and I, my, my clientele prior to hair rules was 98% white. And I worked in white salons my entire life. And my cousins would like, you know, tease me because like, oh, you don't know nothing about these hot cones and blah, blah, blah. You don't know white folks here. I'm like, whatever. My my grandfather always said all money was green money. <laughs> so I get this stuff and I it's in a jar. It smells like cake mix. It's, it smells delicious. And I take it back and I put it on my Jewish clients with curly hair. And it is fucking genius right and so i i started doing i don't know if i also told you that i got fired from john frieda because we did all the supermodels cindy crawford uh the carolyn murphy chrissy curlington chrissy curlington she's my favorite and i did all the black models at the time tamiko frazier who was the first black spokesmodel for maybelline multi-million dollar contract um kiara and I did all their hair. And then the owners of John Frieda wanted me, wanted me to stop doing them for free. And I said, I'm sorry, but we do not we do all the their white counterparts for free. So why would you tell me to do that? And so a week later, they fired me. And Tamiko was going to, like, you know, go to Ford and at the time. And I was like, you know what? Now's not the time. But don't, I don't want to draw attention to myself. I'm good. There's always a time for in your career to do these things. Yes. And, th- and that didn't seem like it was the right time. So at the time I was doing these, I was, I was experimenting, you know, freelance hairdressers that don't work in the salon are much more innovative because we, we, we're expected to come up with things on a fly on a photo shoot yep. and we have to think outside the box. So I was that guy. And I was like, well, why do we have to put the relaxer on this way? When Tamiko, why do we have to relax your hair? And, you know, and, and her, all her hair fell out because she used to wear weaves and we started to go natural and all of a sudden it just didn't work. And Maybelline, we cut all her hair off and Maybelline still took her with no hair and all natural which was amazing all that to say is that I was finding out these other things about texture and like well maybe we don't have to relax the hair straight maybe we can texturize it and so that was working and I had heard that there are these other two women in Brooklyn um, that at this curve salon that were using BBD glass curling cream this cream stuff in a bottle in a jar and, and but you know occasionally it would smell like feet something would smell like feet and I found out that the brothers was used to, they was making it out of their bathtub. And so I was like, there wasn't had no preservatives or anything in it. Anyways, <laughs> all that to say is about a year later, Miss Jessie's came out. And their grandmama made it. And I was like, ooh, okay, their grandmama made that, but that was curve. And that was, they used to sell BBD glass curling cream, didn't they? Oh, okay. Because I remember all of these. Purple. No, it's purple. I remember and I was curve. Like, mm-hmm. And I worked at Louis Lacari. On the, at the Takashimaya building on the 15th floor, all white salon, 10,000 square feet. And so all of a sudden, I, I asked him, I said, Louis, can we, can we stop selling BBD, BBD glass curling cream and sell Miss Jessie's uh, curly pudding? And he said, okay, yeah. And it was $60 a jar. 
And all of a sudden, these women, black women in full MTA uniforms came to an all-white salon on this 15th, 16th floor at the Takashimaya building on 5th Avenue and 54th Street to buy this stuff for $60 a jar. And and I was like, oh, hell, I'm, I'm going to do a product line. And like... <laughs> Like one of my clients who's, who was head of CEW at the time, which is Cosmetic Executive Women's, um, they have the Academy Award of Beauty Products every year. And was like, when you wrote your book, don't talk about just black hair. Why don't you talk about every hair texture? And I was like, well, if I do a line, of course, why don't I do a line for every hair texture? I'm the consumer. I'm the one who walks down and tr- is trying to find products for every hair texture and I have to go to this aisle for that texture and that aisle for another texture. And I was like, this is whack. And this is how, you know, segregated this industry is. So for me, Hair Rules was about every hair texture and starting with a hair care. You know, regardless of what texture you are, everybody has to cleanse, condition, style, finish. So that's kind of how it's broken up. Then after we launched, all anybody wanted to know was like, well, where's your salon? And I hated salon. The salon culture was so ratchet. I didn't have to work there. I just worked in between jobs and waiting for a paycheck. And I was like, I could do a few clients and realize that my real passion was helping women rediscover their natural texture because that was when the natural hair movement was happening. And who knew that black women, well, of course you knew that they were going to come out of the woodwork looking for information. So for me, it it was really irresponsible to launch a line that was not just that 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 had to be it had to be based on education and helping women rediscover their natural hair texture and having a an, a real experience for a woman who is looking for information because she's looking online but she couldn't find it with professionals so that that's really where and I I don't like salons still. I still don't really? like them. There's a real ratchet culture. Um, In what way? Uh, and, you know, the industry's changed. The whole team thing is gone. And you know, you, it's never enough, you know, for your, for your team. And uh, it's, you know, it's across industries. I hear from women across industries that people don't have lost. Everybody wants to be an individual. Uh, yeah. Everybody wants, not, that's not it. Everybody wants to be a name. It's not about a team and growing Mm-mm. something. Everybody is like, but it's what's but what part of what yeah. part of this is me? Yeah. What part of this am I getting publicly acknowledged for? Like, and it's like, okay, but you've been doing this for how long? I've been SAG since nineteen ninety four. So, but you've been in your head an entertainer for how long? My life. Exactly. I've been doing here since nineteen eighty five, legally. Right. I didn't get here alone, and I didn't get here without work. Absolutely, but and people so, show up, right? And I feel like that's what. Okay, I hear what you're saying because people show up, like. But I'm here now, and everybody wants to be an instant star. And I think that you know, there's a lot of depressed people on on Instagram because they want to have already arrived. Absolutely, and it's like, no, that was just something to look at. So, considering that you hate salons, also, it, what made you get? To, what made you decide? Because LA. I found my lane. My lane, I always knew that there was a huge market in um, in Los Angeles for me because, one, there's not a lot of relaxers. Women still love weaves and wigs. And there was still going to be a woman who believed that, you know what, my hair texture ain't that bad. And they just been doing the same shit to my hair that they was doing for the last 20 years. And you know what, why is my hair thinned out? And I'm, I've been doing, you know, you, you, 
I think that women innately believe that. I think I, you know, Deborah Lee told me a while ago after she, we, I tra- helped her to transition to her natural hair and she fell in love with it. And, and I've had women cry and tell me what they, they it's, it's your, your customers and people that affect you um, are the ones that give you um, the, the thumbs up. But she said, I found something that I fell in love with about myself. And that is no small thing. Finding something hmm. in your life later on in life that you fall in love with is a beautiful thing. Some people don't ever get there. And if it's as small as hair, you know, hair texture and skin color run parallel historically. People chose not to believe that their skin color was bad, regardless of what they were told and treated, how they were treated. And, 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 and hair texture is the same. Just now, they're signing laws called the Crown Act, so you can't be discriminated against. I mean, 2020. imagine, yeah, 2020. Them are some old and not slave in Mississippi, laws. in New York. Yes. What are some, you would know, what are some crazy laws that against people of color or just that are out there and random that we don't know that still exist? Do you know of any? Because this is one of them. Well, the reality is, is that the Voting Rights Act can be reversed at any time. It's not written. Yeah, it's not written. into. Yeah, it can be reversed. It's like it's an amendment. So it gets voted on and ratified. But but it's not law. It's not. It's it's an amendment. Wow. So like the the truth of the matter is our constitution needs to be eradicated right. and completely drawn over again from scratch, like they did and in that's South not Africa. Going to happen for a while. No, it's not going to happen unless this country has like a coup. A yes. A major revolution. I'm all about that. Or some type of catastrophic event that mm-hmm. affects. Everybody, You're absolutely right. Regardless That's of like literally transformers, like Decepticons have to descend yes. from the sky, <laughs> from everywhere, from like Nevada to New York City to fucking the middle of Montana. Like it has to be like scorched earth. Yeah. That's nope, only. You're right. Or, 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 or there has to be a situation where the powers that be realize that they will make more money if they do it. That's the only few ways. Preach, preacher. (laughs) I was so glad to be able to get you in and get you on the mic because I know a lot of our listeners are natural hair, you know, Mm -hmm. advocates. And I think like what what I think is so dope about what your what your stance has been is that you build in the social the social activism of the reality of what it is to be a black woman with black hair into how we consider how we take care of our hair. It's storytelling. And if you don't know someone's story, they finally realized that black stories were make, was going to make money in Hollywood. They're still real. That, but that. that's a, still a beautiful thing. Unless you know someone's story. And I hate complaining. I hate being a complainer about racism, sexism. I'm like... For me, like you, when you talk about like, you know, what you do is like you've built your entire you are you're building and you've built an entire performance on your um, point of masters Mm -hmm. of African-American studies at Columbia University. That's a responsible. I am doing what I'm doing because 
I realized that there were some similar parallels in beauty, like that were in like the related to what civil rights was and why we were fighting for civil rights, and that beauty was the last segregated industry as well. And so, like, why not help women rediscover something beautiful about themselves through listening to their stories? And that'll tell you a lot. And so you do a lot of play on your uh, with your audience and it's based off of the culture and you're not stealing from the culture you're doing things to have people think about things that they already knew but like oh shit this is the truth that's like ugly or the ugly lies the uh, the, the inconvenient, truths. inconvenient truths um and you make fun the dirty part of it and that helps for me beauty also helps us culturally to have conversations about things that are hard like when i realized that my black clients were having conversations with my white clients because they could talk about their hair and it allows for another part of a conversation to have exactly it's easier to talk about beauty than it is race but beauty can still bring you into the race conversation that's what that's what i'm trying to say here yes Mm -hmm. yeah and and that's it's an easy it's easier to digest. Well, it's just an easier segue. I mean, it's the same way that I use humor. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I think um I mean Joaquin Phoenix and his speech. What was it? What's that award show? The BAFTAs. The BAFTAs. Like my favorite part of his speech, not only that was so spot on, but his uncomfortableness. <laughs> he was so fucking uncomfortable and that's all anybody is asking someone who doesn't understand my point of view fucking live in me live in my shit and be uncomfortable for a second that's the least you could do that's it that's it that's why on the real i would love to be more lighthearted in certain situations but sometimes the conversations just require a gravitas that makes people uncomfortable because they don't want to acknowledge that that gravitas is a lava that is flowing beneath mm-hmm. the surface, very close to the surface, yeah. whether you want to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and it's not this, addressing it is bullshit. It's bullshit. And then, and, and and the reality is, is that it's not just like white women who are upset at me, like bringing these things mm-hmm. to the surface. It's also black women. But at the end of the day, they really are. People are dealing with this on a daily basis in ways that. Some people just don't even imagine. And so we we do stories on the show that I think a lot of people want to just write off as like, oh, that happened over there or that happened to them. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a nice kumbaya bow we can tie on this about this specific situation. And I always feel the need to acknowledge like this situation is a pimple on the body right. of a fucked up nation. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not just over there and you guys have enough points of views yeah that you need because each one of you can be educated by the other and if, and and if you didn't angles. then the, your audience would just be getting your point of view or you know and, it, and it's, it's which i'm diverse. fine with that happening small differences <laughs> on my own show but mm-hmm. i think i i enjoy and i enjoy having guests like you who come in and bring a different point of view because of obvious reasons, but also just it it just broadens the mind and the perspective. And I think so much of us have become very 
we become very um, myopic mm-hmm. in how we view our own experience and others' experiences. And I've gone through that too. And I've had to like be like, no, like that's your perspective, but that's not hers or theirs. And they're valid too. So let's hear it. But I think this is really interesting because I never thought about beauty being a bridge in that way. Oh, I've I've noticed it because of I you know I do I do on I I do here to also make money mm-hmm. and I need volume and the only way you can make money by doing here is volume and so I need to do at least uh, fifteen to thirty clients a day <gasps> and how you do that is with a great assistant but you also have to uh, it, doing here is the easy part it's the conversations and the consultation which is the most time consuming yeah um, because and you, you take your time yeah you ha- I, you have to and so somebody has to be doing hair while that's happening um, and right. then I can come along and do something that takes all of five minutes and people if you're keeping someone in the salon longer than an hour you're bullshitting them and you're wasting you're disrespecting their time um because it's not that difficult um so the other part to that is that you 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 get this they come for an experience Women come for an experience when they come to Hair Rules or they come to Dickie. And, you know, particularly in, in L.A., it's it's been interesting because... Um, do you, have you noticed that in L.A., every person that walks up to you, the, the, everybody looks familiar. Like, I've seen these people before. <laughs> I thought it was just New York, but it's, it's, it's L.A. I, I just... It's... Because the product line has been around for the last 10 plus years. Is it back? It's back. It's back. Hair rules is back. Hairrules.com. You got boxed. Oh, you got some more stuff too, honey. I just need listen, y'all. I found so for a while hair hair rules products had they were paused. And I couldn't no one knows what how what a small business goes through to stay in business. <laughs> but I couldn't get the conditioner. Right. And when I moved into this house. I found a jar of the conditioner. <laughs> and when I tell y'all, I rationed that shit out like I was on an island with a jar of marmalade for dinner. like, And I was just, I mixed it with water. It's good stuff, Maynard. And I was really it's good just stuff, like, Maynard. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be. And you know what? To be, to be fair, to be like really honest with you, mm-hmm. I tried other things. And it was like. I have too. What do you, who, what, what do you think happened to me when there was no product? <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't have the same problem. I tried every... I'm a product junkie. And I have no shame. I will try every... I have tried everything. I don't care. Conditioners... If the you only are conditioner woman, I've used that was even remotely close to yours... It was what? Living Proof. Really? Yes. I'm going to try it. Jennifer Anderson is the spokesperson. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to try that. And I've tried... Because I'm sorry, but conditioners do one thing. They're there to soften and detangle your hair. If it didn't leave your hair, I don't care if it said it lived, had nanotechnology and this, that, and the other. It was eight nine dollars, eighty nine ninety nine. If it didn't leave your hair soft, you didn't use it again. That's facts. And I've done this. I've gone through this. Right. Listen, it's Cleanse every black woman. Style. Every finish. black woman has a hair product graveyard. <laughs> All of us have it. It could be a basket. No, they've developed businesses out of graveyard. Yeah. Really? Yes. It's a basket, it's a drawer, it's mm-hmm. a box. And you're Mine's like as big as yours. You're afraid to throw yeah. them away because you're like, maybe I could go back to it later. But you end up going through all these things. And when I moved, I had like a cabinet 
And my assistant was like, what is this? <laughs> and I was like, I'm just scared to throw them away. I have two tr- I, yeah, I I love, I love hair texture. I love, I love a product for a hair texture. So I try, I, I buy things the same reasons why you buy things. I go into the store. I pop the seal off of things. <laughs> I buy. I picked it up because of what the label looked like. Yeah. What it said it was gonna do. Yeah. I needed to smell it, and oftentimes I dipped my finger in it. <gasps> I'm sorry, but it just happens. Yep, I'm that person. I wash my hair with Hair Rules cleansing cream, cleansing cream, and the conditioner. It's the cleansing cream. We're we're the third one. There was when Diva Curl and Hair Rules back in 2006, 2007. And it's the best one only because I like product to, I make product and develop it based off of what women want a product to smell like. Mm -hmm. And I know the difference. I know that white women need, and with a different hair texture, need a product to smell differently and to act um, function differently than a black woman with thick, curly, or kinky hair. Because they, they're culturally, they smell product differently. A white woman don't want no fruity, bergamot stuff in her hair. She wants something that's clean and light because she needs volume, cleanly, clean. And that's not to say that a black woman doesn't, but she needs something to... Feel like a butter. Yeah, feel like a butter. Ah, there you go. <laughs> That's what we want. Is there a butter in this product? Is there a shea butter? Is there a cocoa yes, butter? Yes, yes. Is there a nut? Is there a jojoba? What's in here? Yes, Wakanda nut oil. <laughs> Some, sh- yeah. It's true. You see what I'm saying? So I use those two products to wash. Because people are always asking me, like, Amanda, what's your hair regimen? Mm-hmm. Then I put Moroccan oil mask on the front of my hair. <laughs> okay. That's all that works. Really? Because it's so rich. And it's, and use it as a conditioner or a styling product? A styling product. So when I wear my oh, hair so, curly... Uh, wait a minute. Oh, styling. Oh, so uh, wait, 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 wait. So, so to wash, who, I use hair... Pro- I use hair rules to wash. Who to wash and condition. Who is flicking back and doing your crazy dope-ass ponytail braided looks? Because you know I don't do that so stuff. So I have two... I have two hairstylists. I have my hairstylist at The Real, mm-hmm. which is Cheyenne. And, and then when I'm in New York, here. it's Nikki okay. B. Got it. All right. And they I use... I love both of them. And they don't... I don't even ask what they use. Mm-hmm. But I know Cheyenne started using a gel that's more shea butter based because she was like, I need something that doesn't feel at the end of the day like it... Like it yoked your hair up right. like that Gervonta boxer motherfucker. Like I don't want your strands locked in. Right. And then we end up having to move stuff because we do two episodes a day. Mm-hmm. So it's like so you need to put water on it. What for what? Look, as I'm writing down. No, I'll find out the I'll find out the product okay. because Slick she back. switched. Because she switched and she was like, Your hair. And she doesn't... puts it on on your hair wet or dry? Both. Both. Because sometimes I show up. And my hair is wet because I washed it the night before yeah. and I just put in a towel and go to mm-hmm. sleep. But then sometimes if we're doing something that requires a little bit more um, refinement, she'll blow it out. Got and it. she'll use like a Dyson dryer to mm-hmm. blow it out. So it's not a hot, it's not crazy hot. Mm-hmm. But to style my hair, I used to feel like I needed like a foam, you know, a foam set right. plus a leave-in plus a... So now I use a Lafia leave-in conditioner. Uh-huh. Um, which is very natural based and I use it on the back of my hair and I comb it through 
and cocktailing. Mm. I have to. Every black woman has a cocktail because our hair is a cocktail. Our hair is a cocktail. You, that's why it's so expensive. It's like, I got to buy all this shit for my hair plus tampons. Like, what are we doing out here? The last dose. But we're going to wrap it up. Um, so if you're in New York, you can go to Hair Rule Salon on yes. 55th and 9th. 54th and 9th. Well, ninth between 54th and 55th. Hair Rules New York. Go to Google. There you go. And don't ask me, well, where's your (laughs) salon? Um, Google's not working for you. I hate it. It's. I hate, I hate people asking you questions. Or an applicant. Um, Can you tell me what the address is? No. Nope. Thanks. You just lost the the job. (laughs) <laughs> that quick you just lost the job you did um and, and so and LA, LA how is the clientele not, LA working is, LA is, is private not, yeah, it's very private Ooh, LA exclusive is not, LA okay. is not what hair rules New York is it is a different private experience to help a woman it's the experience is really to help a woman rediscover her natural texture so the session it's more education fair. it's more education well let me yes. tell y'all this you know me to be a loyal motherfucker to a fault. I only get my hair done by Dickie at Hair Rules. I don't know if you know this. I've lived in Los Angeles since 2015. And Mama still comes back to New York. Yes, I do. To have her hair I'm not going to say I haven't strayed, but I always come home. Okay. Well, we know what's strayed. But you know what? You. I only strayed at your urging. Don't. 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 No, I asked oh, you. Don't. Yeah, don't, don't. You referred and you were like, you can okay. go here, but you can only go here for this. Right, right. If you're trying to get that, you need to book a ticket. I don't let nobody press my hair no more. Yes. Only you. Only you. I do not let anybody put a flat iron to my oh, head. so they don't do it here. I do they, not allow it. They, yeah, no, they do country presses here. I don't allow a press LA. here. I'll let them. The only time I've allowed even a remotely press mm-hmm. is when I'm doing Insecure. And they would have to blend. Right. With my wig. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, no. You've taught me so much about my hair. You've taught me so much about just the uniqueness of natural hair, of, of my personal texture, of how to manage it. I learned that co-wash does not stand for conditioning mm-hmm. wash. It's like salvation. So mm-hmm. that w- I was to today. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I was today years old when I learned that. Um, so thank you. And I think that you need to start a podcast about this. It's funny you should say. So we'll talk about that offline. Okay, yes. But um, everybody, you have now been welcomed to the world of Anthony Dickey. It's an experience, baby. If you didn't learn, then you wasn't paying attention. It's small doses. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. A podcast network.